Welcome to the Unmasked Podcast. I am at C. Talene, and we are finally in season three. After a long, hot summer, we are in season three, episode one, Power Save. Hey, ladies, how are you doing? Pretty good, pretty good. Excited for season three. Excited. So yes. we both, we both, we all of us survived the season premiere how hard was it for you um, during the day getting that countdown till? And Akira, this doesn't even count for you. I guess it kind of counts for you. <laughs> 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 I, I'm like, no, not I'm not really asking. So you're not even a part of this. So Southern Senate, no. how was it for you? <laughs> and we'll tell we'll tell y'all why a little bit later. But Southern Senate, how was it for you counting down till? 10 o'clock on 10 11. Well, I, I just passed the time during the day tweeting out nothing but Mr. Robot link pictures, photos, videos, whatever I could get my hands on. I, I just immersed myself the entire day. So it, it completely helped. You did. Girl. My nerves weren't on edge. <laughs> you did good. I was, I'm like, oh, yes. You were just tweeting out stuff. You had like your. It was like uh, my own personal countdown by your tweets and stuff. So, yeah, it was cool. It was cool. I had two premieres on Wednesday for um, the other show that I podcast about premiered at 8 o'clock. So I was trying to concentrate on that. And then that hour between the two, I had a chance to recoup and get ready for Mr. Robot. So it was, a, it was an exciting day. It was an exciting day for sure. But... Let's get into this episode because so much happened. It felt like it went so fast. That first commercial break, up until the first commercial break, it was roughly 30 minutes, right? It was like, I just remember looking down at the clock and saying, how is it already 1030? How fast did the show go for you last night, um, Southern Cynic? I didn't even realize that it had been more than 10 minutes because I was just so immersed in what I was seeing. I didn't realize that, oh, it was 30 minutes in until I saw it on Twitter. Somebody was like, wow, that was the first commercial break. Because usually, um, like you get towards the middle of the season, it's like, oh, commercials. You start getting frustrated when they, they cut it out so much. But that was pleasing. That was nice. They yeah, they gave, us, they gave us a nice big chunk. Now, Akira, were you live streaming it? What were you doing last night? Um, I was live tweeting it. Um, usually when it comes to Mr. Robot and live tweeting, I usually wait until a commercial break um, pops up to um, get a few tweets out because pretty much for me, anytime that Mr. Robot is on, I am like in the zone, tunnel vision focused. Um, and pretty much is like, yeah, I mean, I feel like I literally cannot blink or I will miss something, which is usually why when it comes to live tweeting, I'll wait until a commercial break. But since I had already seen the premiere um, twice leading up to 10-11, <laughs> I was like, all right. I, okay, I was like, okay all right, listeners, I will go hold on a second. Listeners, did you hear how she just casually says that? I, I'd already seen it twice <laughs> leading up to 10-11. Girl, you so shady. <laughs> Girl, it's not like I didn't say, come on with me. You know? I know. I was, I, 
Girl, I had grad school. I was so mad the whole day. I was so mad the entire stinking day, but whatever. Try education oh, no. is good, children. Education is good. Yes. Until it's not. Yes. All right, but yes, we gotta we gotta at least make I gotta at least start making plans for um uh, going back up to New York around the you know, around leading up to season four. Um yeah, because yeah, I'm like this I'm like this is something that's gotta happen until that's gotta happen for the remainder of the series. Gotta go, gotta do it. Um yeah. but yeah, yeah, yeah. It went fast. Yeah, so we'll, we'll uh, have to we'll have to hear about the first time you saw it, as opposed to poor <laughs> Southern Cynic and I watching it with the peasants on ten eleven. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, hey, I could have been um, like a few critics and gotten um, up to up to six episodes of the season already. So, oh I mean, my gosh! Don't yeah, even. I, I mean, I could only imagine. Like, wait a minute, having six episodes already seen, and you know. But yeah, yeah, I mean. Yeah, six ugh, is a lot yeah, because we're only, we're only getting 10 um, episodes this season. So six would have been a lot. Yes, and already, yeah, and already for the premiere to pack the punch that it did. Oof. I, I'm so, oh, I, I was just so happy this show is back. Yeah. Yeah, and because says we have to watch out for episode 10. So mm. don't worry. It's too mm. much. It's too much, mm-hmm. but I'm, I'm okay. So let's, let's start. Let's start. So the, let's talk about Elliot. So, so much happened last night that I really only kind of broke it up into two big chunks. So there's this whole part about Elliot and we see um, white Rose. They gave us BD Wong right away. I'm so glad they didn't make us wait, wait, wait until the season to see him or, you know, we didn't see that many characters. We saw the introduction of Irving, um, played by Bobby Cannavale, um, who I thought did a great job last night. I I thoroughly enjoyed his character. I thought he was funny. Um, I thought he was mysterious. I I was wondering, is he going to be the the Leon for me for season three? Um, Akira, what did you think about Irving when you saw him for the first time? Uh, well, um, thinking back to really when they first announced uh, his character, um, it was like, okay, he's going to be a used car salesman. And usually for Mr. for the world of Mr. Robot, you're thinking, uh-huh, <laughs> you know, to kind of <laughs> play on my play on, play on my Irving whenever I read his description. I was like, uh-huh, <laughs> you know, that he says his uh-huh a lot. Um, but yeah, and then, of course, when we saw the trailer and we saw that little clip where he's got uh, two uh, people from the dark army behind him. So you're like, okay, well, at least they're letting that out, you know, letting us know that uh, right off the bat. But, oh my God, his character, um, so much. Um, I, I mean, he was providing the comic relief whenever I, you know, whenever it felt necessary, but already straight off the bat, so many layers to his character were revealed in that one episode right there. He was funny when he needed to be. He was menacing when he needed to be. And, oh, my God, like the one scene where I was like, like getting chills was when he told Elliot, yeah, that bullet that we took out of you, we can put it right back. And I'm like, shit, <laughs> Elliot, you might want to rethink this thing about, um, you know, trying to piss off White Rose. You yeah. don't want to do that. Yeah. Oh, my God. But I mean, but, but oh, my God, anything that Bobby kind of 
that I've seen him in, I've always loved anything that I've seen him in. I mean, remember from Boardwalk Empire, and then I was being excited that he was going to be in this show. I was just, I'm ready for it. Give it to me. And uh, and, the, and he just delivers, just delivers. Oh, my God. I'm so, and I'm even excited to, to see more about his character because, obviously, we got a little bit, but there's obviously a lot more that we can learn about his character. Mm-hmm. So I am very curious to peel back the onions of his uh, character as we continue to move forward. Yeah, so then, Cynic, what did you think? What did you think about that line about the bullet with Irving? I'm going to need him to back up off my pocket prints, you know. The, the man's been... <laughs> <laughs> he's been doing a strip over the last week but um I really like this character I I like my villains with an even mix of charming but menacing as uh, Akira said you know and I was listening to another podcast this morning and someone compared him to I think it was Ghost from Mr. Roboto um compared him to like Ned Flanders and I can tell him mm. he has yeah. this Ned Flanders like he's really really nice and charming and in the same vein he can threaten your life so he's also a fixer I like that you don't see a lot of roles like that where you actually get to see the fixer fix everything yeah Yeah. I I want to see what his full bag of tricks is going to end up being you know so I'm very interested to see where he's going to go moving forward yeah he was he was definitely complex he was interesting um, every time he was in a scene, he was a definite strong presence. I think he's definitely adding to the story for sure. And, you know, already I'm wondering, like Akira said, I want to unpack the layers of him because Sam is so great about giving us these interesting characters, knowing that we can't, we can't take everything at face value. It's interesting that they just described him as a used car salesman. Um, I really like the interaction um, at the Red Red Wheelbarrow um, restaurant. And I'm wondering, is this our new Ron's Coffee is going to be this barbecue joint now because we've seen it um, twice in one episode. Um, I love that that interaction with him in the punch card and then in her saying, you have to come back for your next purchase because I mean, how many of us have been irritated by that? that small rule and the question and all the questions he's asking, I thought, but have never said, but girl, I was just too through when she said that milkshake cost $12 and 95 cents. Did, did everybody mm. catch that? Yes. I mean, my, I mean, every time I hear, heard that, Oh, it's got, it's $12. I was like, that milkshake better bring more than all the boys to the yard for that. <laughs> you know, I'm like, who's going to be paying that much for a milkshake? <laughs> I mean, what? I mean, oh my God. I mean, wow. I'm, yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, <laughs> the milkshake is 12. Now, I know I get stressed when I go to Red Robin and the milkshakes are expensive, but still, oh, $12. I was just too through. But um, so, so I think we, we all like Irving. We're all interested to see more from him. Um, we got to see Elliot. Um, he was the one who brought Elliot to the hospital, the doctor, whomever fixed him up. We are assuming he's working with Dark Army. We're assuming he's reporting to White Rose because we heard this reference to she several times um, in 
punctuality. So we're assuming that he's getting his orders directly from Wright Rose. Um, we did get to see Minister Zhang, and we got to see our first glimpse of the Washington Township plant, which is a um, nuclear plant. And at the beginning, we see, I'm assuming, one of the scientists walking in a group, and he's talking, and he's talking about, I believe, a parallel universe. And last season, we saw White Rose talking about um, her intrigue with the idea of a parallel universe. And I'm just wondering, you know, this is the second time we've gotten this reference, and I'm wondering what, what might that mean when we're thinking about what is White Rose trying to create? What is this project that she has been working on? Um, she revealed that Edward did a lot of work unbeknownst on the project as an engineer. So it just makes you wonder what 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 is it? So Southern Cynic, do you have any thoughts, any theories on what it could be? I have absolutely no idea what it. <laughs> I'm trying very hard to stay away from Reddit mm. because if you go down that rabbit hole, you know, it goes really, really deep. But on one hand, I'm I'm kind of worried because I don't know if I want that. I don't know if I want that this whole theory of it being um, of like White Rose being a time lord, you know, to come to fruition. Mm -hmm. I, I'm hoping Sam has made this some kind of red, red herring, you know, that's really throwing us off. But on the other hand, I can't see what else it could possibly be. I know, but, but I, I don't know. I don't know how to feel about. I, just, I don't know. I mean, Angela had though, and we'll talk more about Angela later. But she talked several times about making she knows a way white rose opened her eyes we can go back we can make it like it never happened all the way back to their parents so it, you kind of wonder with white rose's obsession with time in the parallel universe uh, you kind of have to wonder could that be it what do you think akira um well, like Southern Cynic, I have been staying away from Reddit, uh, at least for the first week or so. Um, um, yeah, I'm, I just, I'm like her. I just don't want to go down the, too deep into the rabbit hole too much. Um, but then again, yeah, I mean, I remember back towards the end of season two, some people were throwing out time travel theories. And also, um, along with that, the uh, alternate universe theories. And so far, I'm... I want, I mean, also reading um, a few interviews uh, that Sam's been doing, and um, he's definitely been saying that every, you know, whatever, you know, not wanting, he did, didn't, didn't obviously give away too many details to avoid spoilers, but um, basically going to say that everything um, that eventually will reveal itself is rooted within, re, is rooted within reality. So um, if anything, I'm, pretty much trying to take all the information in that we got from the premiere and what we will get from season three and just, you know, try to think, okay, keep, all right, how, how could this possibly play out um, rooted within reality? So with the, um, Angela, tell, you know, telling Elliot, you know, what if, you know, what if I told you there was a way to make it so that it, you know, none of this ever happened? Mm -hmm. I mean, I mean, realistic, you know, thinking, okay, 
all right, keeping this rooted in reality. In reality, realistically, we all know that you can never really go back and change anything. But at the same time, the idea of, you know, creating this whole new world and this idea of alternate, re, um, alternate universes, just wondering, all right, what if there are clones of ourselves playing, playing various scenarios out? Um, I mean, yeah. Yeah. Even with that, I'm like, okay, stop. You're about to go down a rabbit hole yourself and you keep talking too much. So, I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Um, I don't know, but I know that whatever it is, Sam is going to blow my mind with it. I just know that much. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're absolutely right. And I'm, I'm not sure that scene when the um, camera is pulling back from Minister Zhang talking about his project in which he tells us that, you know, Elliot is the key, you know, it was his impassioned plea to destroy evil core and him basically saying it's Elliot's unfocused or his very much focused rage on completing this. That is the key to his, to their success. And when he said that, I don't necessarily think about rage and Elliot. So it makes me think about which Elliot has he um, been interacting with. And then the fact that he said, then Elliot will die for our cause or the fact that it sounds like Elliot is going to be sacrificed. Um, that made me feel some kind of way. I wasn't ready to hear that and um, to think about that, but they're protecting Elliot right now. They're going through all these links to get stage two going with the knowledge that ultimately he will be sacrificed. Um, what were you thinking um, when you heard that Akira? Uh, on the one hand, I mean, I wasn't ready to hear it, but at the same time, um, I thought to myself, well, of course, Elliot is eventually going to, you know, probably in White Rose's mind or in White Rose's vision. Of course, Elliot will have to die because I think that that's on one level pretty much how the Dark Army operates. Like once you're of no use to them, then mm -hmm. bye, you're gone. Um, but yeah, um, I mean, yeah, I mean, also, and then also it kind of, it's, threw you off, although on one hand, you kind of think, well, you kind of should have expected that, expected that, that on some level, um, Edward Alderson would have also been working on the project, too. Um, but yeah, I mean, but yeah, I mean, just really, now knowing all that information, it's just, all right, wanting, yeah, again, just wanting to know more, like, okay, what exactly did Edward do in terms of uh, working with White Rose on the project and, you know, eventually just wanting to know the whole pieces. How did Elliot eventually come to be like, to hooking up with White Rose and, and the Dark Army and just, yeah, I, yeah. It's now, it's like now that we're getting some answers to questions that we probably didn't even know that we had, it's like, okay, hold on, gotta get this, you know, it's almost like, wait, go back, rewind, and really wanting to put all the pieces together and making sure that you have your own timeline of events and everything together, so. Yes, we are getting the answers, and again, it's already like Christian Slater was saying, whatever you thought you knew, you did it, so you're just like, hold on, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, I thought I had this, but now, not so much, but, um, but yeah, but on a left, but with um, White Rose saying that Elliot was, and Elliot can die for us, on one level, I wasn't ready to hear it, but at the same time, it's kind of like, of course Elliot's going to have to die. 
Yeah, for the first, um, but for the for the first time though, I wanted to like fight Minister Zhang. I like wanted to like get in the screen and like fight him when he said that because I don't even want to think about you know so much has already happened to Elliot. I don't want to think about that being the the end game for him. Um, how are you feeling, Southern Cynic? I know how you feel about your pocket prints. I, I don't know how to feel because I, I want to see how the pieces fit <laughs> and I guess I'm, eventually I'm going to have to come to the point to realize that I'm going to have to let my pocket prints go just to see how this all unfolds um, <clears throat> I, and, and you made a good point to say who is the minister actually interacting with like how, how do you make that connection that Mr. Robot is Elliot and his dad, you know, like, I, I don't know, like, did, did they meet in the past? Can he tell his, his dad's personality? I don't know. I just want to, I just want to know where all of this is going. And yeah. I think we're in for a, a long haul ride. You know, it's going to be crazy. Did anybody that, get any concerns with his assistant, though? Mm-hmm. No, because this is the um, first, that's the first time he's ever been, in some way assertive or kind of not going along with just the program. Um, so, you know, that's the most we've ever heard from him. And when we hear from him, he's trying to get Minister Zhang to change plans to do something differently, which is, you know, a, a no-no. Ambition. Ambition is a dangerous thing. Mm -hmm. I'm just wondering. Mm -hmm. We're going to see more. But anyway, that's an aside. Interesting, because he, you know, he thinks that both Elliot and Tyrell are unstable. That's what he said. And he's not incorrect. Um, so yeah. if, if he's questioning Minister Zhang, that can, you know, leave himself open to vulnerability within Minister Zhang's plan if he's not, you know, following him lock and step. So you're right. That is that is something to keep an eye on going forward. Um, okay, usually I don't have any issues with episodes, but the the idea I couldn't I couldn't accept the idea that Elliot has been unconscious for six days. He wakes up from a gunshot wound and he jumps out of bed and he's doing all these <laughs> things. He was kind of surprised, just all up and down the city. With a hole in your gut. I know, because I'm thinking, when's the last time Elliot had some, I'm like being all mama. I'm like going into my mama's, my mama mode. When's the last time baby has had some food? Has he brushed his teeth? Exactly. He must smell, <laughs> you know, he, is he wearing That's Angela's it. clothes, all her clothes? I know he had on her shirt, but did he have on her pants too? I'm just like. Oh, Ollie's remnants. Oh, girl, you know she don't have nothing left from Ollie. <laughs> but look, I, I guess that's that uh, dark army healthcare because I'm gonna need to get some of that. You just up and up and about after six days with a gunshot wound, no infection, nothing. You know, no pain meds, no pain medication, <laughs> no pain medication, girl. Nobody knows up, but oh, that's true. Yeah. 
He wasn't having yeah, the sweats, Ellie. the pain sweats, nothing. <laughs> he needs some white rose health care. Put yeah. her in the White House. <laughs> oh, girl, don't talk. Don't even. Don't even. We're not. Uh-uh. So um, we did see Elliot jump out of bed. He's at um, Angela's, and Angela has been tasked. She, we saw Irving um, bring... Elliot to Angela, um, or it was alluded to, and then we see Elliot show up at his apartment, and somebody, I don't know, who was it, somebody on the timeline said only Elliot would go into a dark building after his landlord says there's some person in your apartment, and <laughs> Elliot actually go to the door and open it, like only Elliot would do that, and it turns out <laughs> to be Darlene, um, so we see um, to our next segment which is called ain't nobody loyal so here's Darlene we don't know what happened with her and Dom it seems like Darlene has been flipped by Dom um, based on the fact that she's not still in custody and just her behavior towards Elliot Southern Cynic what were you what were you thinking about Miss Darlene this episode Just like her dear friend Angela, she's being suspect, treacherous woman. I believe uh, that was um, that was Dom that she was calling when she was having her panic attack in the bathroom. I think she flipped. Do you think she flipped to Kara? <sighs> um, I mean, it's easy to say yes. Mm -hmm. um, but at the same time, I want to, you know, not really think that she did. Um, I guess probably like thinking about it in the bigger picture, but, um, but at the same time, like kind of understanding where Darlene is at this point, um, you know, she, um, is coming off from seeing Cisco literally get his head blown off in front of her. She narrowly missed her own death. Um, she's been in FBI custody and then had the big reveal that um yeah the fbi knows all about jabu um so yeah she the, i mean to say that she's between a rock and a hard place is putting it lightly because on one hand she's got um elliot and want you know her loyalty to him and then on the other hand she's got the dark army that is freaking her out um mm -hmm. literally everywhere that she looks and then on the other side she's got the fbi so, um, yeah, she's basically cornered on all, cornered on all sides here. Um, so, yeah, so, yeah, and so yeah. putting it that way, first of all, you can see why she would have a panic attack. But even mm -hmm. going back further than that, Southern City, you remember when we were talking about Darlene and we were talking about when she was kidnapped? and um, how easily she was pulled from her family, um, just with the promise of a hot dog and some attention. She was easily pulled from her family, um, which makes me feel like Dom would have been able to flip Darlene in some manner, but also thinking about that conversation that we had, Darlene also said the thing that kept her from wanting to stay with that woman was the thought of not being with Elliot. 
So do you think that her loyalty to her brother would be enough to keep her from truly, you know, ratting him out to the FBI? I think that could be the case, but I also believe that she probably loves him enough that she would do this thinking that it was a way to protect him. Mm -hmm. um, maybe she's trying to figure out a way to, to pull him out of it, pull both of them out of it and, and remain safe. But that remains to be seen. Um, for now, I, I just don't know, you know, where she is, where her loyalties, you know, completely lie. And yeah, I, 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 yeah. I, I was questioning why Elliot, Darlene told him, you know, Cisco is dead. Um, the FBI picked me up. And the only question he really asked her about the FBI is, what did you say? My question would be, how are you out? How, are you, how have you been released from the FBI? How are you here? Why do you keep asking me about Tyrell? Yeah. Yeah, because he's ne she's never, as far as, as in my memory, ever even talked about him to Elliot. And now she's asking all these questions. Now, young man has just been out for six days, so I can give him the benefit of the doubt. But those would, would have been questions. Those would have been some of my questions for Darlene with how erratic she was acting during that time. Um, Another thing that happened during the episode with Elliot that was kind of strange. Do you guys remember the scene when they were in the cab with Irving and um, Irving asked Elliot for the license plate of the car that was following them and Elliot just gave them the license plate really quickly and both Darlene and Irving looked at him kind of, I thought, strangely. What Did you guys catch that? I think he yeah. saw that car outside of the apartment before. Maybe he memorized the plate then. Mm -hmm. Because it's clearly the FBI following them, but I think he saw it um, when he pulled up to the, when he walked up to his apartment, he saw them. So maybe he caught the plate then. Mm -hmm. What did you maybe. think of Kira? Um, I was kind of thinking the same thing too, that he had seen that car before at some point and could just automatically have some type of photographic memory of the, uh, of the license plate and everything. Um, but also kind of like, you know, like, um, boy, didn't even, Elliot didn't even bother looking back at the car to be like, oh, that's the number or this or that. Um, but yeah, I guess, yeah, I mean, yeah, pretty much to kind of sum it up with that. But yeah, I mean, if I kind of now want to go back and watch it again and be like, okay, because I, I don't know, just part of me is just like, there's got to be something there with the pause, and that's my me overthinking things, getting to the point of overthinking things too much. But um, but I think you said something. Yeah. What you one of the things you just said is what I was thinking. You said a photographic memory, um, or eidetic memory, mm -hmm. um, because when he they were at the um, capture the flag hacker tournament, it it felt like that was a different Elliot that was a more, a more, a self-assured Elliot to the fact that I mm -hmm. almost didn't feel like it was Elliot because he's like, I could just win it for them. And he was much more aggressive. 
um, when Darlene was freaking out about the dark army, you know, you saw Elliot focused on the computer, but he was also very much aware of his surroundings, telling Darlene, mm -hmm. I saw them, they're here for me, it's okay, are you having an attack, but still really focused. And then with the yeah. um, license plate, and I felt like maybe he does have this, this eidetic memory where he's very much aware of his surroundings and he can quickly remember things as, as a part of his personality. But then it also makes you wonder if he has these abilities, how does he also have the ability to forget things so completely? And it's just this weird juxtaposition with his memory and him not being a reliable narrator because he's not always clear about everything that's happening but then you see these moments where he's completely focused and it was just I don't know that was kind of sticking out to me just how different he was in those few scenes as opposed to yeah. the Elliot we normally see what do you think about that on Southern Cynic that makes a lot of sense um I always felt like Elliot was very much himself 100% himself when he would sit down in front of a, a computer terminal you know mm -hmm. some, something would awaken him um, but he does have this weird rain man type of you know personality at times but the way he processes information so maybe it's just uh, this weird glitch in his brain that he can do these things like that mm -hmm. I don't know I like when how you said that he's almost completely himself like a complete Elliot when he's in front of the terminal um I like the idea of that the the imagery that that gives me to think about him uh what do you think Akira um well one thing that I think about it is one thing that I'm constantly having to remind myself looking at Elliot and also Mr. Robot this season is that um it's um I've read in interviews where it's been described that um, Elliot and Mr. Robot are now acting as two separate identities that they've just completely separated from each other. Again, mm -hmm. to kind of go into the uh, disintegration theme. Mm -hmm. So I think it's, so I think it makes sense for us to be seeing different aspects of Elliot. Um, Cause now we're now, I mean, if we keep that, that thought and that thought in the back of our mind that, okay, Elliot right now is supposed to be separate from Mr. Robot. They both are kind of gone and become, separate entities even though they're still the same person um so yeah we look so yeah with that um that's a whole different side of Elliot that we are now seeing and probably was there to begin with um I guess if you wanted to go back to season two where he's um talking about um when he's uh setting up the hack for the FBI uh, the hack to go into to hack the FBI where we see him completely in that zone so maybe in certain in those situations where he's now out and about really in his really totally in his element so maybe just more maybe just uh, more heightened moments where we can see him in his where we can see him in his element in his zone so we do get to see those those aspects and those sides to him um so yeah so i guess with me i'm thinking okay we're seeing this this side or these characteristics more so now because 
they're separate. They disintegrated from each other now. Mm-hmm. That's a good point because it makes me wonder if we're ever going to, if we're going to get to see or how much we're going to see Mr. Robot and Elliot interacting with one another, especially now that um, we kind of see, we saw the role of Angela as his handler this season. Um, man, Angela, you know, I like me some Angela, but Ooh, she was pushing me. Um, so we see her, Elliot comes back to her apartment after he had that glorious monologue, um, kind of in his head when he was at the red wheelbarrow, he shows back up at Angela's after he was able to close the back door. And, um, he's come to this realization that all these horrible things are his fault and he really wants to try and fix them. And he poses this idea of going to work at evil core, um, as a way to fix what he believes, what he perceives this horrible thing that he's done. Um, how, how do you see that happening? What, what are you, what are your thoughts or theories on, how Angela could get him into evil core, what his position might be, what might he be doing, Southern Senate? Uh, Well, like he said, um, he could be working on helping to restore everything that was lost with evil core. But like you, how's that going to work? Because Price knows who he is, right? That's what I was wondering. I mean... So how... And Price doesn't work well with White Rose, so I don't see this, you know, exactly working out um, as maybe Elliot thinks it's going to, but um, we know that Angela is very determined, and she can make that happen, but on the other hand, we've seen the trailers, we know that this is not going to go well for either of them, possibly, mm. we see what happens before, but I'd, I'd be interested to see how Elliot is going to handle that. Um, that's, that's going to be, that's going to be something to watch. Yeah. The, the other thing that happened is, you know, season two, there was this kiss between Angela and Elliot and Elliot, he tried to shoot his shot last night. Um, and oh my God, he hurt my heart when he was rebuffed and he started talking to us about Angela. And, um, I love the line when he said, this is Angela. She loves the people who don't love her um, and doesn't love the people who do. And I thought that was just very revealing about their relationship Um, because I never, you know, we talked about this a little bit. Um, I think Southern Senate, you and I talked about this fact that we think there's kind of been this longing between them, kind of those people who like each other, but just never get together with one another. And when he was talking about love, I, I guess I don't think about Elliot and romantic loving anybody just because of how he is. Um, so Akira, what did you think when he, you know, kind of went for it and got rebuffed? Um, well, every, pretty much anytime I see Elliot just going for it, I think back to Shayla um, telling mm-hmm. him next time don't ask. Um, but uh yeah but also like you i mean i never really think of i never really put elliot and romantic type of love together um but that's not to say that he's not capable of it um it's just that we never really associate that um but i mean it does 
go without saying that that could be something that he's always longing for and just maybe, um, you know, sees that as a possibility with someone like Angela. Um, but yeah, when he said uh, that she loves the people that doesn't love, that don't love her. And yeah, I mean, that kind of, uh, I mean, Mr. Robot can hit you with some truths in so many areas and you're just mm-hmm. like, okay. I mean, yeah, to put it out there, I was like, are you talking about Angela or me? Oh, <laughs> <what>? <laughs> I was like, oh, you're so, you're so rude. So rude. <laughs> but, um, I know. Uh, but, so but, but, I mean, just hitting, but just hitting you with that. Um, but yeah, just hitting you with that and making these characters that will all the more relatable to you. But, um, but yeah, um, but uh, even, but yeah, but I mean, with Elliot, yeah, I mean, I think that with Elliot, I think that he still is keeping his, like, keeping in mind, keeping in mind that, um, that world that he envisioned himself, you know, the world that mm-hmm. Leon asked him, you know, uh, you know, dream about the type of world that you want to live in and fight for it. Um, so I think that he all the more is still holding on to that dream. Um, so as many, and really in this case, I think as many aspects of that dream as possible. So the ones that are especially attainable that he imagines to be attainable at this point. So he's still, I think the strongest one is for him is probably with Angela, um, that he imagines that, you know, that, that world, or at least that aspect of the dream, the dream world that he sees for himself is attainable and he could have that. But then she goes and shoots him down and and it's like, Ooh, okay. And I wonder, yeah. Southern Cynic, do you think the sh- her shooting him down is truly because she's not interested, or maybe it's just because of this new role that she's in for White Rose as his handler, and she's trying not to um, get involved with him in this way, knowing that she has to handle both him and Mr. Robot? Uh, I think it was a tactical decision. Mm-hmm. Um, we're seeing a whole new side of Angela. I mean, she just looks, I, I don't even know how to describe it. What did White Rose do to her mm-hmm. to just make her awake? It's, it, it's like you can look at her and see her eyes are blown open. So what happened? And, and she's lying right off the bat. Like the first words out of her mouth when Elliot wakes up is a lie. Mm-hmm. Being brought in <clears throat> about white army coming at her and, and um, contacting her the way they did, she knew about Elliot being shot. Tyrell mm-hmm. called her and told her. Yeah, you know, so it's going to be interesting to see how she's going to be playing <clears throat> both Elliot and Mr. Robot. And I love that conversation with between the two of them on the bus. Oh, that mm-hmm. was so intense. Yeah. Oh my it's- goodness. It was it was beautiful the way it's beautiful the way that Sam is doing it with um, Christian Slater and Rami and how their interactions with Angela, the fact that Angela has revealed that she can tell the difference between Elliot and Mr. Robot. And I one of the things I wrote down today when I was rewatching it is how much has she been interacting with Mr. Robot and. She told she told Elliot that he was out for six days, but he might have been out. But was she interacting with Mr. Robot during that time? Like, 
I, I, I just had so many questions because like you were talking about on the bus, she said, I've told you before, we're not friends. I'm not going to treat you mm -hmm. the, the same way I treat him. So then I was thinking, well, how much have they been interacting? Because from the time that White Rose basically opened her eyes till now, it's only been about a week. So what has been happening? What happened in those six days? I have lots of questions about that. And also, right before um, she and Mr. Robot were leaving, she had this black bag. And um, he said, what is the, what's that? And she said, it's for if, if Elliot comes back. And I'm asking myself, what's in that bag? What is she prepared to do to Elliot in order to reach her goal to get whatever it is that White Rose has promised her? What, what were your thoughts, Akira? Yeah, um, well, like you, I have questions about, um, okay, what happened? Uh, you know, if, if Elliot was gone, then was Mr. Robot um, the one that she was interacting with during those uh, six days that he was more or less out? Um, then also with her pulling out that black bag and then, well, if Elliot comes back, you know, that makes me wonder, well, have you, you know, have you been using that before? But then again, I would, I would tend to think not because Mr. Robot is the one that asked her, you know, what is that for? Mm -hmm. um, but then again, maybe... But then again, I mean, she probably could have been using it beforehand and maybe Mr. Robot is just fully aware of it now. But I mean, who knows? Really, that's, you know, that's a question that could be answered much later and maybe not even a question that needs to be asked. Um, and then also, um, with uh, Angela and how, she, you know, how she's telling um, Mr. Robot, you and I are not friends and everything. It was really more so interesting to me how before Angela got captured by Dark Army, she was telling Elliot not to trust Mr. Robot, and now mm -hmm. Mr. Robot is sitting in front, of, is sitting next to her on a bus, saying, "Well, I don't trust you. So, what's your game plan with all of this? Um, you know, why are you lying to Elliot? You know, how can you sit there and lie to him? You're supposed to be his best friend." And she's literally, and then she tells him, "How can I be lying to him when I'm looking right at him?" Yeah. Um, yeah, but I think that on some level with, well, with Ellie, I mean, with Angela kind of shooting him down again, I think that like, um, Southern Cynic said, that was kind of a tactical move that I think that she's got the big picture in mind now that White Rose has opened her eyes and mm -hmm. getting involved with Elliot and that level would completely cloud her judgment again. Um, because we, you know, we saw once Mr. Robot came back, you know, she was looking at him and you had that one moment where you were thinking, okay, is she gonna, you know, tell, you know, is she gonna reveal that you're, you know, Elliot, he's back. But then nope, she went right along with it. So mm -hmm. yeah, so with that said, all right, girl has got the girl has, girl has um, got, got the end, got the end, the end goal in mind, whatever that is. Yeah. Um, whatever White Rose has opened her eyes to, she's got that and she, you know, has a role to play and she's just going to be dedicated to playing it. Um, I am interested to see how she will continue to play the multiple sides that she will be playing throughout this season, especially when it comes to her being in Eagle Corp. Um, and then of course it makes sense for, um, for Elliot to say, to come to her and say, I need a job at Evil Corp. So I feel that obviously, yeah, that makes sense because it's better for her to have him in her sight 
to have him in her sights at all times, more mm-hmm. or less. Um, you know, since she has been brought in to manage him. So, yeah, of course, that makes sense. Um, and with him wanting to go to Evil Corp, I think that that sets it up deliciously, I'm going to say, <laughs> to see just how just how connected um, Elliot and Philip Price are. Uh, because I remember watching uh, one of the season three interviews with uh, Michael Christopher, and he was saying that, uh, you know, that this season is going to reveal more and more just how connected those two characters really are. And he was really excited about it. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm really excited to do this, too. This, you know, how is that going to play out? Um, I feel like I need so, yeah, one. Of, I feel uh, like I feel like I need one of those boards like Dom had with all of the connections and the lines going from person to person. Like I need some type of a graphic. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it is, it is a lot. I, well, not just one board. I feel like I'm going to need hundreds, a hundred of those to really keep, you know, keep track of everything. Because, again, once you think you've got something, they, re, you know, it's able to be reframed and you're able to think about it from a completely different perspective. Um, but, yeah. Uh, huh. One of the things, yeah. one of the things I'm, I'm concerned about in Southern Cynic is at some, it seems like, in season two, remember when Elliot was lucid dreaming and he talked about how Mr. Robot was kind of like always running in the background like a program and Mr. Robot was always seeing what was going on even when Elliot wasn't aware that he was there. Now it seems like Mr. Robot is not in that role anymore because he had no idea that Elliot had shut the back door until Angela told him that. So like you said, Akira, it does seem like they've separated. And so now neither one is aware of what the other is doing. My concern, Southern Cynic, is that at some point, Elliot is going to figure out that Mr. Robot is still there and that Angela has been playing him all along. And considering the amount of trust that he has in her the fact that he trusts her to you know watch out for him to kind of be his protector what type of reaction would you see elliot having when he realizes what she's been doing oh i don't know um i don't think we've seen any evidence of well we have um i was gonna say extreme self-harm but I just if that happened I I would think that that would be the big push over the deep end that we've all been waiting for with Elliot Mm -hmm. and if that occurs I would think it'll probably be around the same time that he discovers what Darlene may be up to Mm -hmm. so you know what if he gets that double whammy of oh I can't trust my sister I can't trust my best friend who am I going to turn to now? What am I going to do? I can't fix this. What's the next step? So that's very concerning to me. I don't even want to think about it. Hmm. What, what, what you, that you do? Yeah. What do you think? I'm like, I just think of him raining chaos down on everybody. Like he would have nothing, no one left to protect because, you know, he is very much about protecting people, protecting those who have been hurt. Um, which is kind of why he's doing the things he's doing. But if he loses like these two anchors in his life because they betrayed him, like 
there would be no off switch in my mind. There would be nothing keeping him from just, oh, that's just a scary thought. What do you, what do you think, Akira? Um, well, I would want, well, I don't know. Part of me wants to say that, well, he technically could have still have Krista on his side. Mm. But then again, I remember reading that, uh, there is supposed to be a moment in the season where uh, Krista gets to uh, have a conversation, meet and have a conversation with Mr. Robot. So, oh, I mean, who knows what who knows what that is going to reveal? I mean, but yeah, I mean, if yeah, when it um, when the time eventually comes forward to be revealed that um, you know Angela was doing this or Darlene was doing this, but on one hand. Again, I want to say it's easy to say, oh, well, when it finds out that they were doing this or when they were doing that, I feel like it's a lot more complicated than that. And, you know, just trying to see the bigger picture really of what the end goal is really for them doing that. Like with Angela, you know, it's easy to say that. I feel like it's easy to say that she is betraying him. Um, but on one hand, obviously, I don't think that she sees it that way. No. Um yeah, I mean, so definitely she's rationalizing it in a way that, you know, she's probably thinking that, and I remember uh, I'm also hearing about this on a Mr. Roboto podcast as well, and I, uh, yeah, I could definitely uh, agree with their line of thinking that she's definitely thinking that the end game here will be worth it and that Elliot will eventually forgive her because of what the end game is going to be that, you know, he... It's easy for us to think that he's going to go off the deep end because his eyes apparently aren't open, or maybe because Elliot is stubborn as hell. He just doesn't want to open them to what the big picture could be, as White Rose has painted it for Angela. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, and I wonder, yeah, I, mean, I don't I, want to come out with too many theories just yet. I question if White Rose shared her whatever she shared with Angela with. Elliot or whatever version of Elliot she's interacted with because mm-hmm. she said this came out of his rage to take down evil poor. So I'm wondering if white Rose just went with his desire to take down evil core without even having to share what the, the big dream is, what the end goal is to Elliot. So mm-hmm. I wonder if he mm-hmm. even knows um, so, so many questions, so many questions. So before we, we finish this up, um, I thought that it was just talking about the technicalities of the episode. Um, the music was on point again for me last night, that Julie Andrews song that um, Matt Quayle chose during the, the scene when um, there's the pullout from the nuclear power plant and you're just seeing like this drawback through the plant ending up us coming through Elliot's eyes. I thought that was beautifully shot. Um, and also that scene on the bus Southern Cynic that you were talking about when they had that quick change between Mr. Robot and Elliot, just that quick change for a second to let us see what, El- what Angela was seeing um, was beautiful what, what were some of the technical aspects or the music or things from the episode last night that you really liked? Um, did anybody pick up? It seemed like the entire first half was moving on a metronome. 
Oh. Or the or the ticking of a clock. No. And everything, it's like, it's like, it's just tick-tock, tick-tock. You can hear it. it. It either speeds up a little bit or it slows down, but it's just, just go back and listen. It, it was kind of mm-hmm. unnerving to me. I was ticking. I was like, oh God, you know, what's going to happen? It's just, the tension was racking up. But ever since uh, the point where it started to pull out from mm-hmm. miniature, miniature playing, you could hear that clock. I'm, I'm going to have to go back. I didn't catch that at all. It I'll have to go back. Uh huh. Yeah, it made me think of a metronome, but um, I enjoyed that. Uh, it's not a lot that um, I picked up on throughout the episode, other than the scene um, with the hacker tournament. Um, I think that was all in one shot mm-hmm. from when the moment walked into the door to when they walked out. It was all one shot. It, it felt like so. That was interesting. Um, yeah, and I totally missed it on the first watch with Elliot sitting there next to Angela on the bus that he appeared for a second. I completely missed it. But I guess you, you get so immersed in Christian Slater's acting, you kind of just like zone out. But mm-hmm. And someone else, not, um, I was, I don't know whose Twitter page I was on, but someone was saying, you know, the episode or the, the scene where um, Christian Angela wakes up and someone you see the silhouette of silhouette of Mr. Robot and she asks him to come closer and she has the candle and with the um, uplighting from the candle they said someone was saying he looked so menacing and evil like how the light was oh, just girl, playing on his face. Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah, no, I, yeah I thought that same thing too, but I was just, hey, I mean, it works really because, you know, we are, we up until this point are still supposed to think of him as, you know, the darker side of Elliot, you know. So, but yeah, but then again, it's like having to remind yourself, okay, wait a minute, Mr. Elliot. Uh, Elliot and Mr. Robot are one and the same. I almost said Mr. Elliot there. Mr. Elliot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, but I loved uh, the the um, the capture the flag scene. Um, yeah, um, and then um, yeah, just with the the show being back. I mean, I just miss you know. You kind of realize oh, I, mean, I miss seeing the show on TV. I miss um, yeah, seeing Sam's vision. Um, be on TV every week. I miss the music choice, um, being getting so wrapped up in things like the music, the cinematography and everything. So yes, just overall, just so happy that it's back in my life. You know, what would be so much, Um, you know, it would be so cool. I would, you know, usually I'm not kind of like a big screen person, but it would be so cool to see Mr. Robot on like the big screen and just be like immersed and surrounded in the music and just have it larger than life in front of you. Like I, that would be just so awesome. Someone needs to ask Sam if we can get six seasons in a movie. (laughs) But, um, we didn't talk about Sam Dragon. Yes. Mm -hmm. We're good. (laughs) Oh, that speech, that monologue. I, I love it. Talk more. Tell us more. I'm surprised the big orange turd didn't get upset about it. But, you know, he's probably somewhere playing golf instead of doing what he's supposed to be doing. Well, somebody, well, I'm, sure no one has, I'm, I'm sure no one has probably told him about it yet. Because 
I think I was, I don't know if it was in the DMs, we said, I, I guess that um, Sam doesn't think Trump supporters or Trump supporters obviously don't watch Mr. Robot. And Akira, didn't you say something? You were saying something about about that, I think. I'm trying to remember. I was, I've been on Twitter so much in the last 24 hours. Um, yeah, well, really the whole thing as far as Trump supporters, I mean, I remember seeing a few tweets um, here and there between Sam and a few uh, uh, fans of the show. Um, kind of, uh, it's kind of interesting to see how some fans of the show kind of got it twisted, in my opinion, that um, oh, that this show is kind of speaking to that uh, the voice of the person who's um, you know fed up with everything, and that Trump was supposed to be the guy to you know you know kind of being the one. And I'm like, okay, well. Uh, yes, the show on some level does speak to the uh, speak to the person who's disenfranchised in some way, but also at the same time, what in your right mind made you think <laughs> that? What seriously? I mean, somebody needs to help me out with this. I'm like, what in your right mind made you think that Sam was saying that Trump was the answer to all of this or the savior? Like what? Like um, you need your head examined because Sam, you know. <laughs> Sam goes in every time on Trump, you know? Um, I was, yeah, pretty much. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. But yes, the model, yes, the monologue that Elliot had, brilliant, needed it on top, you know, that and Eminem the day before, you know, earlier before, I was like, ah, people going in again, I need it. <sighs> I think yes. Sam told Trump to watch it. I, I want to say he tweeted at Trump and oh. into the show. Oh, he did, yeah. 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 He, like I, I mean, like I said, Sam, anytime that Sam could go in on Trump, he goes in. Keep at it. I love it. You know. I think my, my favorite part of the monologue, besides all the Trump stuff, is the part where he said they took our protest and made it into, um, they capitalized on it because you saw Evil Core selling the F Society masks and, you know, making money off of it. Um, kind of like mm -hmm. how... <laughs> Go ahead. You catch the little TV show nod and the NBC logo and you can hear the NBC. Yes, and the theme. <laughs> yeah, the little NBC theme. Yes, I, yeah, that cracked me up a bit. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and just one of the things that I love about the show, that the show is not afraid to poke fun at itself a little bit mm -hmm. and kind of and kind of turn, you know, turn itself into a joke almost, but in a good, but it does it in a good way. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that, that tickled me a bit. Yeah. Um, I need to, I need yeah. to, I want to just keep watching that monologue. Like I want to like slow it down. I just feel like I want to slow it down because there was so much imagery. There were so many images that were going by so fast and you're like, wait, did I just see that? So I feel like you're going to see something new every time we we look at that monologue and see all of the stuff that's going on in the background like the wall of um the in memory in memory of wall basically we got to see shayla rest in peace shayla we miss you girl but um we saw so many folks up there on there like i want to pause that and look at every one of those flyers and read them I looked at it and I think it's just a trick in Elliot's head because the only people who are up there who are actually dead are Gideon, Shayla, and um, Romero uh, and Cisco. Mm -hmm. yeah. The stuff behind those photos are all like um, people asking for jobs. Mm -hmm. So it's like maybe he just 
made that look like a memorial wall in his head. And I couldn't figure out, well, where are all these, are these missing people? What, how are they missing, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it was yeah. a or something. Um, also, did you catch that? I think there's an eviction notice on Shayla's door. I saw that. Yeah. I saw um, that. Well, no, I don't think it. No, I don't think that was Shayla's door. I think because hers, I think hers was right next to his. I'm gonna have to go back and watch it again in season one. But I think that hers and Elliot's door was like right in that, like right next to each other in that corner. I think. I I, um, I yeah, thought but, it was her door too. But did you see in the monologue where it um right at the beginning when he's walking, there's like the whole wall of pictures and it's a selfie with Angela and Darlene. Mm-hmm. I was like, because that was like my first clue, like, okay, this isn't really happening. <laughs> this is obviously <laughs> in Elliot's head because there would not be yeah. a whole wall of Darlene and Angela taking a selfie. So, yeah. Plus it was back and forth between him actually talking out loud and talking inside of his head. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, that whole thing was brilliant. Oh, what are we in for on the next episode? I can't. Oh no, it's gonna be so good. A lot. Well, let's let's keep going quickly because we've we've been at it for like an hour and we still have so much to talk about. So you watched the after show, um, Akira with Portia Doubleday. Was there any did she reveal anything or did she have any comments on the episode that you think would be um good for the order? <laughs> um, yeah, well someone did ask her, um, did Sam reveal to her um uh, what exactly was said to her during those 28 minutes that White Rose so graciously mm. um, allotted for her. Um, and she basically said that um, there's still a lot in that conversation that she does not know that Sam would not tell her, but okay. she knows, she knows a little bit and that's basically it. Um, so um, as far as what that little bit is, uh, who knows if, if it may be a little bit more than what we know. Um, she didn't really go into too many details, but, um, but yes, she's still as, as much in the dark about that whole conversation as we are. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, uh, someone also asked her about, uh, uh, what is it like, you know, being able to interact with Christian Slater because, uh, you know, Mr. Robot, um, prior to this season has never really had a chance to interact with a lot of the other characters. So, um, you know, so she was saying at first, uh, you know, uh, just again saying that Christian can um, be the be the goofball, but then you know, be um, when she's in the mo in the scene in the moment with him where uh, he has to grab her arm, she's having to remember that. Wait a minute, this is supposed to be Elliot grabbing my arm. Mm -hmm. So uh, she said at first that was a bit jarring to kind of get uh, to kind of get over and have to remind herself that. Oh, wait a minute, um, because again, you know, as soon as they yell cut, he'll just go back go to um, giggling and laughing and all that stuff. Um, so that was that. Um, and then uh, someone I think asked uh, if she has tried her hand at any more at any other hacking um, since we saw her uh, impl implant a stem to cell. And uh, she revealed that uh, that she was able to crack someone's password on the first try. Um, oh. so, so, so someone has joked that, okay, because you did that, you have, you know, the door is open for you. You're, there's going to be so much more where that came from. Um, so she, I mean, she just said that she wanted to see it to see, she wanted to try it to see if she could actually do it. Um, so they were trying to get it, get the information out of her. So wait, so whose password, whose account was this that you hacked? And I was like, no, don't, don't let them know, you know? Um, <laughs> so that was, a, so that was a bit funny. Um, 
you know, but, but that was, yeah, that was an interesting tidbit that, yes, uh, our shows got, you know, been bit by the bug, you know, uh, taking on people's, cracking people's passwords and all that stuff. <laughs> so, um, cool. but yeah, but those are kind of my major takeaways from it. But yes, um, yeah, yes, one, yes, curious and wanting to know more about those 28 minutes. And are we going to get to see any more of that? I'm now wondering, who knows? Oh, um, I mean, but since the whole, but since the whole season has now been filmed, I don't know. I want to say I doubt it. Maybe next season. Oh, I don't want to wait. Um, but okay, so you have to tell us. So for folks who don't know, Akira was in New York last week, and she. You told us you got to see the premiere. So you got to go to the. Um, you went to the Ecoin party, and then you also went to the panel um, the next day, um, and also got to see the um, season premiere a couple times while you're in New York. So tell us, cause the equine party was streaming on Facebook live. I know I live tweeted it. Southern Senate, did you watch it on Facebook live? The equine party? I was unable to watch. I felt like you, I thought you were cause you had um, DM'd about it. And that's what even reminded me that it was on. And that's why I turned it on. I was catching some tweets, but I wasn't in a position to be able to watch it. Oh, okay. Okay. So all I saw was from my, from what we saw on Facebook, Akira, and then you can tell mm -hmm. us what really happened. So we, I could hear the band performing and they were performing like, um, they did like a Daft Punk song and they did another song. And I was kind of like, this is weird music for equine party. But then the woman came on and introduced um, equine and then introduce Philip Price. And so Philip Price came on and we got to kind of see him um, speaking. And there was a little bit of a lag for us on Facebook. And then basically we see F Society hack the equine party. Um, so what was it like for you in the crowd? <sighs> well, it was a time from the moment you entered uh, to the moment you left. Um, so I got in to the party and I, um, I tweeted a couple of video, uh, quick uh, second videos um, of the event um, after I'd just gotten in. And I think in the middle of tweeting out a few of those, I got approached by somebody um, asking, am I looking for Alex? And I said, I could be. And I was handed a card uh, basically uh, with some information about uh, go look for Alex, uh, look for, they'll be wearing a white rose and uh, tell them, are you seeing this too? So I'm walking around trying to find the coach check to look for Alex. And then I eventually find it, say what I need to say. I'm given an e-coin bag that has an F Society mask on it uh, with some more instructions uh, on a uh, piece of paper attached to it saying that I need to now go find Frankie and say, hello, friend, and I will be directed to something else from there. So um, I noticed also while in the middle of looking for Frankie, um, that uh, a couple other people seem to be looking for Frankie too. So I'm like, okay, let me kind of follow around them. If I, you know, cause first couple of people I'm asking are walking up to saying, hello, friend. And uh, they're like, okay, you're not Frankie. So then I find some people that are also looking for Frankie and I just piggyback to them and it's like, okay. I'm then led to um, an area on the third floor where um, we were told to go into whichever, like a bunch of bathroom stalls, and we were told to go into one that uh, wasn't occupied. 
you go in and it's completely covered with S Society, uh, with S Society details and instructions to put on, you know, put on your disguise, put on your mask, uh, take a picture in front of the mirror and show your allegiance. So I did that. And as soon as I do that, uh, Mr. Robot tweets me back, um, telling me to go look for telling me to go look for uh, someone else and tell them I'm part of the 99%. And so from there, I'm given a um, black card uh, with a snap, uh, with the Snapchat with the Society Mass logo in it. And of course, at this point, I'm completely stumped. I'm like, what the hell am I supposed to do with this? And then later on, I found out that the card had a link that was embedded in it, uh, to which I still did not, you still did not watch that link. Um, but I also heard that while that experience was going on for me, I heard that some people were um, having an other experience where they were able to go into Philip Price's green room and steal an object from there. So Ooh. I didn't get to experience that one, but, um, but all in all, it was really fun. And then the band came on and started playing and I'm just sitting down and uh, eventually kind of figuring out that, um, okay, something's going to happen with F Society. And I wouldn't be surprised if the premiere all of a sudden showed up and started playing. Um, so then Philip Price comes on and that's kind of when you feel it, you're like, all right, S society is going to do something now. They're going to do something now. And they start taking over, uh, the video screen and then, uh, Philip Price is escorted out and then the premiere starts. And I was just like, ah, the premiere is happening right in front of me. And then, but the whole experience of watching it with the crowd full of fans, as much as I loved it, it goes to show that while I'm usually like, when this show is on, do not bother me, because there were a couple of uh, people sitting next to me that were talking, and you don't know how hard it was to fight the urge to not say, can y'all shut the fuck up? My show is on. usually why I why I lock myself in my room and it's like do not bother me when the show is on but um but yeah other than that um once the episode was over uh the vice president of marketing comes out and lets us you know sounds kind of pissed that F society completely spoiled the party and just kicks everybody out and at first me and a couple of other people were like wait a minute it's only 10 o'clock everything said that this was supposed to go until 11 so we're like are you sure we're supposed to leave because also once you leave you can't come back in mm -hmm. um but yeah once we're um once uh, everyone's all leaving we come to realize that f society had completely taken over all like f society stuff is written all over the walls there was this painting that i saw a few people painting on that had a whole bunch of e-corp stuff and i had i think tweeted a video of some people painting on it and once that was off once the whole premiere um was over um there was a lot of black lights came up to reveal all the f society stuff and also with that painting you got to see oh f society had gotten to that painting too so um but yeah and then uh, once you walk out of the building you saw um f society protesters so Oh man, they know how to put on everybody. They know how to put on a party. It was a lot of fun. Um, yeah, I'm glad that I went to the glad that I went to the party. It was a lot of fun. And then um, that Saturday, there was also the uh, future storytelling um, screening and panel with Sam. Um, so um, yeah, so I finally closed out the giveaway, gave out um, 
you know, contacted the winners. A few people contacted me back saying I'm not able to go. So I was like, all right, let me pick the next winner in your place then. And um, so I got to the, um, did this. So saw the screening, saw the panel with Sam. Um, I, of course, was racking my brain trying to think, okay, if you had a, you know, if you were to, you know, have the courage to get up and go ask Sam a question, what would you ask him? Because, you know, for me, I can literally sit here and think, for hours until I come up with a question that I think, okay, that's a good one to ask. Um, but yeah, I didn't get, because of time purposes, I didn't get a chance to ask a question. Um, but I also didn't, didn't um, get up to go ask the question anyway. So I was like, all right, let me just have more time to think of a question when the time comes. Uh, but uh, so I was leaving the event and uh, as I'm, as me and uh, Quinn, one, uh, Quinn, um, also shout out on Twitter, we were leaving the building and Sam uh, exits the building as well. You literally have Sam Esmail, the man right in front of you. And at first I was gonna just let him be, go, you know, go off of my business. But then I remember, then I think to myself, how many times are you ever gonna have Sam Esmail right in front of you? If you don't take this opportunity to go up there, say hi, introduce yourself and tell him how much you love this show, you're gonna regret it. And, yeah, I will, you know, I don't care. I will find myself in my next life and be like, why the fuck did you do that? (laughs) 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 All right, so I muster up the courage and go over to Sam and say, hi, I introduce myself. I tell him I run Hello Friend and everything. Um, And it took a second for it to click. Oh, you run, for for it to click for him. Oh, you run Hello Friend. And he was just, oh my God, you're awesome. And I was just, oh, wow, Sam is saying that about me to my face. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. Yeah, even showed him my Mr. Robot tattoo. And now, of course, you have your moments when you think back on it and you're just like, oh my God, could I have been any more of a dork? (laughs) No, come on. But no, but, but yeah, but no, it was, it was, uh, yeah. The high, one of the highlights of my life. Um, and funny enough, um, my mom was the main was the main one saying before I even went to the event, even before we went up to New York, she was like, I have a feeling you're going to meet him. And I was like, yeah, no, if it happens, it happens. If it does, it does. If it happens, if it doesn't, it's fine. She was like, no, you're going to meet him. So then I get back to the hotel and I'm like, now, even before I got back to the hotel, I text her. I'm like, you were right. I met him. She was like, mama knows. yeah so but yeah i mean he kind of i mean but such i mean the nicest guy ever um stayed behind and signed some autographs for a bunch uh, for some of the other fans that stayed behind so yeah so i just got a chance to tell him how much i love the show and just thank him i mean uh yeah life you know part of my life has been made from that moment Definitely. So Southern Cynic on a scale of um, one to 10, how jealous are you right now? We're operating at 15 right now. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> but see, now, now you have something higher to aspire to. You got to beat Robbie now. Oh. You know, set some new goals. Set we, we, some we new goals. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm totally jealous. Not fair. I'm I'm extremely jealous because I could have had my tail there if I didn't have class. Like I could have just taken yes. the train. <laughs> I could have just taken the train. This is gonna haunt yes. me. This is gonna haunt me. 
Girl, and during the screening at the at the future storytelling event, there was a chair right next to me that was empty. Shut and I was up. Like, she could have been sitting right there. I mean, because yeah, because um, yeah, because the line by the time that I got there, um, the line I think had just started forming, so I was able, you know, I could have sat in the first row if I wanted to, but I'm like, yeah, let me just go ahead and sit in the second row. Um, so yeah, but I was like, ah. Uh, girl you should have been there <laughs> I know I was I was yeah. miserable the whole time I was in class and then when I when I left class it was like right at like three o'clock and I'm like there's no way I can make it <laughs> yeah you're like if somebody had it to teleporting then of course yeah yes yeah I bet um I bet White Rose has we just don't know about it yet but um, anyway, so the last thing we're going to do is a shout out. And I know Southern Cynic, you had tweeted out a bunch of other Mr. Robot podcasts and um, another after show that you like to watch. So give us one or two of those. Um, for an after show, I, I like to watch After Buzz TV. Um, I haven't checked yet to see how they're going to schedule that out because um, they're either going to do... A sh uh, <clears throat> one show per episode or sometimes they end up doubling up doing two or three episodes um, all at once. So I'm mm -hmm. hoping they space that out over the season and we don't have to wait two or three weeks, you know, um, for them to yeah. watch all these episodes and catch up. Um, we also have, let's see, uh, the Mr. Robotto podcast. I enjoy that one a lot. Um, being a nerd and uh, Hold on. I have to go through my podcast list here. Oh, her podcast list. Uh, yes. Uh, Mr. Roboto, um, Two-Bit Nerd, uh, Post-Show Recap. Those are really good podcasts. They, they go really deep in depth with everything. Okay. So, um, I think you guys would enjoy that. You can find them on Twitter, on iTunes, uh, After Buzz TV. That'll be on YouTube great shows. All right. So there are lots of places to get your Mr. Robot fix, but we are glad that you decided to join us for our little humble podcast that we're doing here. So um, I am at Cetaline. You can find me on Twitter at C-T-A-L-L-E-E-N. Where can they find you, Southern Cynic? At Southern Cynic on Twitter. All right. And Akira. All right, they can find me on Twitter at HelloFriend, H3LL0FRI3ND1. Yes, ma'am. And you can find our podcast. You can follow us on Twitter. We will be live tweeting all of the episodes so you can see us there. Um, and then you can find this podcast. We are part of the Brothers Comics family of podcasts. And you can find us on Apple Podcasts, um, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. So good night, everybody. Never chase a bitch, chase no bitch, mask on. Fuck it, mask on, mask, mask on, fuck it, mask on, mask on, perky set.